Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi, loves. Welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde podcast. And this is episode 200 on Not Basic Blonde podcast, guys. I am so excited and beyond grateful to all of you, my listeners, for supporting my podcast. And when I was starting Not Basic Blonde podcast back at the end of 2019, I had zero expectations and I did not even know. I couldn't even think this podcast will go that far and become one of the most popular podcasts in the U.S., like celebrity entrepreneurship podcasts in the U.S. And as many guests as I had on my podcast, it's just been such an incredible journey. And honestly, Not Basic Blonde podcast helped me to get through pandemic and the worst times because I had so much fun interviewing so many great people and it was giving me so much motivation it helped me to go through the darkest times and today for my episode 200 i have a very special guest my guest today is nicole miller and i'm sure so many of you guys know nicole miller brand because you've seen it in Saks, Neiman Marcus, and all the major stores. So the brand is very successful and today nicole miller will share with us the story of success and how she went from one dress to the huge luxury brand. How Nicole Miller turned one dress design into very famous luxury brand. So Nicole Miller will share so much great information with us today. We'll be talking about how she started her journey as an entrepreneur and turned her brand into a very successful brand. We also will be talking about how to identify potential business opportunities and gaps in the market, what strategies to use. Also, what are key qualities or skills that essential for entrepreneurs, how to approach risk-taking as an entrepreneur, and how to manage and overcome failure and setbacks, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Nicole. I'm so honored to have you on my podcast. How are you today? Great. Great. Great to, great to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you too. I've been a huge fan of your brand and for so many years. So we would like to know more about you and how did you become a fashion icon? How did you start your entrepreneurship journey? Well, um, you know, a lot of things were hard work and, you know, some things were luck along the way, but um, I did go to design school. I went to Rhode Island School of Design and I went to um, a school in Paris, a couture school in Paris. And, you know, then I came to New York to, uh, you know, try my luck in the big city. And, um, you know, I had several jobs doing, you know, 
um, various things. One job I had was doing raincoats. It was a lot of fun. I loved designing raincoats. And um, eventually I got a job for a dress company, which was more my passion to do dresses. And I was there for several years. <clears throat> and then the, the company was a division of a big company and it had some financial woes. So um, the gentleman who was my boss at the time and I decided to leave and start our own venture at that time. And so we left and that's when we started the Nicole Miller brand. And so, um, you know, we started on very little funding. Um, you know, I've always been sort of like, you know, independent free spirit. So I'm always trying to, you know, innovate and try new things and whatever. And so we started that business on very little money, but the first year I had this, I have to say this magical dress, which, you know, went into the stores and everybody loved and everybody bought it. So we sold thousands of them. And I have to say, literally that dress made enough money for the business to go on. And, you know, it's funny about that dress. People still copy that dress today. It's crazy. They still make it. I go, wait a minute, that's my dress from the 80s. <laughs> you do have really beautiful dresses. I love them too. But you don't just have an apparel. You also have like decor and home line furniture as well. What were ideas and inspiration behind it? Well, you know, I mean, eventually, like I said, you know, some opportunities came to me and some opportunities we went out and found. But, you know, obviously when we had clothing line and then we didn't have runway shows till for like the first you know several years and then in like 1990 we decided to have a runway show so when you have a runway show you need things like shoes and handbags and eyewear and accessories and all those things so that's when we started to look into you know getting licensing because we couldn't really do those things ourselves so we found a licensing partner to do shoes and one for jewelry and various things and so that's how i started you know initially to start out with licensing other products and initially it was all products that related to clothing but as time goes on you know things changed and then somebody said oh how about a perfume and then how about a rosé now we have a rosé and then oh you'd be great for home you know we'll do some bedding we'll do some sheets and then and now we have rugs so it's just one thing after another it just you know, one thing kind of uh, led on to the next thing and it just catapulted itself, you know, into, you know, like a huge licensing business. That's incredible. And also, what were your message behind the brand when you were creating the brand? Who was your kind of target audience or who was the perfect lady you were kind of creating your design for? Because, you know, every brand has kind of the perfect avatar that you kind of create your designs or apparel for so who was yours well you know I was kind of based everything on myself because I was always the uptown downtown girl I lived downtown and then I had a lot of friends that were on the Upper East Side so I would be going to downtown like art events and then Upper Upper East Side you know like charity fancy balls and I would always be doing both so I always say you know my my brand was always being about 
moving in like different circles, being able to, you know, float from one area to the other. And it also always had like kind of a good girl, bad girl aspect to it. So I'd always do, you know, like the pretty dress with the tough leather jacket, or I would do the feminine with like a masculine touch. And so that's kind of been my signature throughout. And I think it's still very much the signature of the brand. Wow, that's amazing. How do you identify potential business opportunities or gaps in the market? And what strategies do you use to evaluate potential success for a business idea? Well, I have to say, you know, in a creative business like clothing, there's no kind of systems or formula. But I think you have to just always be aware and you have to be always aware of what's going on and trends and what's happening, what's not happening. And and the thing is, you have to be careful always prepared not to get into a rut because, you know, the older you get, you kind of get into these ruts like that doesn't work. That doesn't work. I did that before. It doesn't work. But just because it didn't work last year or the year before or the year before that doesn't mean it's not going to work next year. So I always try to be like open-minded. I try to rely on my younger staff here because they're much younger than me. And I have to really like listen to their opinions. And sometimes I go, no, 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 it's never going to work. And they go, yes, yes, yes. And, you know, sometimes they're right. Sometimes I'm I'm right. But I have to be open-minded all the time. And I have to be able to sort of see those opportunities and see those cracks and see those things that are missing. Um, to, and that's why I think, you know, we've been in business so long and had this business successful for so long because I feel like I don't put blinders on. I stay open-minded and I try to move forward and I try to be you know, just aware, you know, and I try, try to stay on top of the music scene and culture and what's going on around the world. And I try to always be like in the present and not in the past. That's incredible, actually. And it applies to any industry to be open-minded and flexible and adopt to the latest and greatest trends and try out new things like you guys are doing. And also apparel business, it's very saturated and stay kind of ahead of the game it's hard because i mean there's so many brands so many clothes but you guys are still stand out because the brand is iconic well i I feel like today you know in this age of influencers influencers and whatever and the licensing i mean so many people just slap their name on clothing and they're not the designers i mean i've always been very involved in the designing but you know, all these people that don't have design experience, they didn't go to design school. Maybe they have good style and there's something to be said for having good style. But, you know, they, I see people using like horrible fabrics that, you know, I, I would never use and, and they don't understand materials and clearly somebody else is making the clothes for them. So, um, and I mean, not that some people are not doing a good job. I'm sure some are, but I think that, I think to have value, I think people should really want something behind the brand that they're buying, some substance. Absolutely. And also, there are not many brands that are actually made in the U.S. The most of them are outsourced or most of them just like drop shipping. And like you said, slapping their label on the product, which are not even bought. They probably just buy it wholesale and just putting their own label on it. But actually designing your own product and doing it in U.S., it definitely brings a different value of the product. Yeah, and and it's a challenge because it's a lot more experimentation. I mean, there's a lot more trial and error, you know, rather than you're just 
you know, doing a t-shirt or a pair of jeans, but, you know, we're doing these, you know, draped dresses and elaborately made dresses and, you know, things that are, are beaded and everything is hand-drawn. So there's a lot that goes into our product. How do you approach risks taken as an entrepreneur and what factors do you consider when deciding whether to take risk or play it safe? Well, there's sometimes some things I like to take risks on and some things I don't. And like one thing I don't like to take risks on are inventory, because I mean, one of the worst things to do is to have all your profit be sitting in fabric in the warehouse or hanging dresses. So that's where I don't like to take risks, but I do like to take risks in experimentation, like a new silhouette or, you know, a new fabrication or something that's, you know, technology technologically innovative, you know, something that's new on the horizon. So I like to take a lot of risks with new things and, and tryouts, but I don't like to take risks with quantity. And I, you know, I feel like over the years, you know, a lot of times we would be selling something really well, and then we would buy more fabric and before you know it, it stopped selling and then we're sitting with the fabric. So I think that's one place where I don't want to be taking chances. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, I've done some crazy things like one time everybody was wearing maxi dresses and I just, I said, I'm so sick of this. And I went, I took everything in the showroom and I chopped like a foot off it because like back in the eighties, everybody was wearing like close to mid calf and it all of a sudden looked very dowdy to me. And I took it back to the sewers and I said, cut off all these dresses. And you know what? All of a sudden the business went wild because everybody was sick of those dowdy dresses. You know, everybody was sick of that kind of like too much fabric and and that look, which looked good in the beginning, but you know, it just was time for a change. So sometimes I've had this, you know, radical change idea that has been very successful for me. And you also are not afraid to implement your idea because sometimes so many entrepreneurs have the idea, but they're so hesitant to actually implement it because what if it's not gonna go well? But you took a risk and you did it and it actually succeeded. Yeah, but you know, then again, I mean it's that's, I mean, I was going to gamble, but I was going to make like a thousand. I was, I would start with 300, not a thousand, you know? So you just have to sort of know, you know, where to put your gambles and how much to gamble. Yeah. And it's just like going, going to Las Vegas, right? Yeah. <laughs> and in apparel business, do you decide which items go on sale and what sale or actually the stores decide for this kind of? Decision. We don't have anything to do with that. Oh, I see. We don't really have anything to do with that. And, you know, sometimes we... Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Fight with stores because it'll still be on our website and yeah. they mark it down after like three weeks or something. And you go, well, wait, we're still selling at regular price. You can't mark it down. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, we always mark everything down after like so many weeks. So we're always fighting with stores over that. It's just not, you know, they just like to turn everything over. The Nicole Miller brand, it appeared in which store first? We appeared in a lot of stores. The first season we were, you know, Neiman Marcus, Saks, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, all of those right off the bat. 
first season. We had all the big stores. Wow. And Bergdorf Goodman, too. We had everybody the first season. Was it hard for you to score that, or how did you approach the store? Because to sell your product... Well, I was I was very lucky because, you know, I was leaving that other business, you know, the other business that was having the financial problems. So we at least had a connection to most of the buyers. Like, we knew them. You know, they were our friends. And so we were like, you know, say we started this, this new business and blah, blah, blah. And would you be interested in coming to take a look? So they all came down right away. So it wasn't like not getting them on the phone. So we were lucky that we had we had roots to grow from because we had known these people in the past. So it wasn't like I was cold calling, but in the previous business, it was a little more difficult to get things rolling. But then I built that over time. So I had my relationships. So always building relationships is a key to successful business anywhere. It can apply to any field. It's true. It's true. The, the sad thing that happens is people don't stay there forever. So you could be doing really well and the buyer loves you and everything's great. And then, you know, she she decides to go get married and have a baby and she leaves her job or she takes a break or whatever. And then the next person comes in, they go, well, I don't like your stuff so much. You know, when the first person did, you're like, come on, we're doing really well with it. You know, <laughs> So it is personalities, but those personalities don't always stay there. So, you know, you're always having to deal with change. That's the thing. Nothing ever stays the same. So you're dealing with change and you have to like, you know, change with the times and change with the personnel and change with all the people and you have to adjust all the time. So nothing ever stays the same all the time. So true, because if we would stay at the same point at the same time all the time, we wouldn't grow and going through changes actually helps us, helps us to grow and become better and better. And otherwise we'd be boring, right? Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage and overcome failures and setbacks in your entrepreneurship journey? Oh, well, I have to say, I mean, I'm only, I'm basically talking to you from a creative standpoint, but I have to say, I've been very, very resourceful um, because when I was talking about like getting stuck with inventory. And so there was one time we had too much fabric of this print. So I decided to pleat it because everything looks better pleated. So I made a pleated skirt. I made it with a sweater and there was a home run. It, it sold like crazy. Um, and I used up all my fabric and I had to buy more because everybody wanted my pleated skirt. So anyway, but I mean, I always find there's a way when there's a problem that you can fix it. And just during COVID, we started making masks because we're not, we weren't really supposed to work, but we were making masks. So I went through like a lot of my old fabric um, inventory and made masks. So I made cotton masks, I made silk masks. Actually the silk masks were quite nice. You know, that just kept us busy. And then meanwhile, we were still trying to design and make new collections, but the whole mask business was really, um, you know, it brought in money, brought in cash. It, it was like huge. We were selling like hundreds of them to stores and on our website. So, you know, that was one thing during COVID that we found like an opportunity. Well, you're incredible. You always create great opportunities from any situation. You always find a way. That's that's what real entrepreneurs do. <laughs> well, yeah, I always, I, yeah, I'm, I'm always, um, I always feel I'm very good at fixing things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like problem sol solver. 
how do you stay motivated, uh, especially during challenging times? Challenging times are more motivating because you're really under pressure. You're under pressure and you're under stress. And sometimes when you're under the gun like that, that's more inspiring and more gives you more energy because, you know, you're really under pressure. So it's also, it's similar to like whenever I would do a fashion show, like fashion show pressure was always so you'd end up making more things and you'd be more creative because you're not that you would use it all, but you were always like pushing your brain to another level. So I think when there's bad times, it's always pushing you to work harder, try harder, figure something out. And I feel like that's how, you know, like I was talking about the pleated skirt and the inventory. And whenever there's a problem like that, you you have to find a way. Otherwise, you're going to be out of business. So true. And I also walked in fashion shows as a model before. And now I attended as press media. But it's so much pressure and so much work goes into fashion shows. It's crazy because it's hours and hours of work prior to the show. And when the show actually comes, it's only like a few minutes. But the amount of work goes into it like a month. I know. For like a 10, 15 minute show, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. And the crazy thing, the biggest problem always with fashion shows is shoes. It's always shoes. Either they... They don't show up on time. You don't have the right sizes or they they made them, you know, they're, they're prototypes. So they have wood heels and they break. Mm-hmm. So I had broken heels on the runway, like wrong size on the runway. I've had the shoes not show up. I've had the shoes show up at the last minute, be delivered to the runway from the airport. You know, I can only do so much. I can fix the clothes. I can fix the jewelry. I can take care of all that. But the shoes, sometimes that gets to be like out of your hands is the shoes. And and that's the one you end up pulling your hair out the most is over the shoes. So true. And I've seen so many times videos and just in person too, that when models walk on the runway, it's just they either twist their leg. They fall. Yeah. Well, clearly the shoes don't fit. Clearly the shoes are too big or their heels are too high or yeah. they're too small. And they're clearly in pain. But yeah. It's, it's really the shoes are always the biggest issue. <laughs> what qualities do you think helped you to become so successful? Well, I feel it's like hard to knock me down. I'm very resilient and I'm just very like, I always like bounce back. Something doesn't work out then. Okay, well, you know, then I'll do this. You know, if that didn't work. I'll try this. And uh, and I feel like also my open mindedness, which I, I touched on before. And, um, you know, I just try to just always have a positive outlook and always be moving forward, not backwards. And, you know, I'm not going to sit back and mope about it. I'm just going to keep trying something different until until something works. I love that because you said resilient and so many people get stressed out and get kind of lost in really situations under pressure. And you said, it's right. like, I just move in a different direction. I just find a different way. It's just like the best advice. <laughs> You know, it's funny because I just remember sometimes during fashion shows, my assistants would get really stressed out over something. And I I would just go, you know, it's going to work itself out. It's going to work itself out. And just just by tomorrow, something will happen. We'll figure it out. And, you know, it was just, you know, there's a million crazy stories about how things didn't happen. And then we managed to find a way. That's what I do. I delegate out the stress. I go, you handle the stress. 
<laughs> That's the best because sometimes entrepreneurs don't even do that. They take it all on themselves and they think no one can manage it better than they do. But actually the talent. Well, no, ultimately I'm responsible, but I feel like, you know, if you split it up and okay, you work on this, you work on that, you work on this. And then, but I, I mean, believe me, I've had many sleepless nights over these things. And then somehow at some point it just always clears up and works itself out. And longer and longer you have a brand, you know more about it and you kind of become more familiar with it. You can actually navigate it better and delegate it. But at first, when you start at the beginning, it's always harder. Yeah. And what's yeah. next for Nicole Miller brand? What are you guys having any creative ideas? Yes. Yeah, we'll do we're doing a very expensive line, higher press price things, you know, more like around a thousand dollars. You know, most of my line was always around like 400, 300, 400, some things a little more. But now um, we're doing this very small, limited collection. It's going to be debut in September. And the dresses are all be around $1,000 or more, few less, but around that price point. So I'm very excited about that. And what was your inspiration behind it? Um, well, the inspiration was my trip to Palm Springs. I went and I went to all the modernism uh, shows in uh, Palm Springs. Wow, that's incredible. And, you know, it was all that, um, you know, the kind of 1950s homes and, and furniture and decor and everything. And I, I, it's funny, I had a bunch of vintage dresses that, that I wore and then I came back and I kind of, I thought, I'm going to make all this stuff beaded now. Wow, that's exciting. And for your actual regular collections, what do you what always inspires you and how do you find creative ideas all the time? I look at everything and then like usually what happens is something hits me like that. Like I'll be doing research and research and research. And then at some point I kind of go, that's it. You know, that's it. You know, that's that's what I'm gonna go with. And I have some crazy idea and then I go with it. And sometimes it's been a place I traveled. It's something I found in research. You know, it you know it's different different ways. You know, I find out different different things. And um, the oh the other thing that I have going on is we have a new perfume that just launched. Oh wow! And yeah, and one is called a uh, Nectar de Peche, which I like because you know I'm I'm half French and my mother's French, so I used to I like to use a lot of French words and things. And I have one that's like a peach nectar, which is absolutely fantastic smelling. Is and it it's out or it's coming out? Yeah, it's just coming out now. It's a collection of four different ones. Mm. But um, anyway, so that's that's been exciting. And we just had um, a big influencer lunch in Montauk at this place called Bounce Beach in Montauk. And we had about like 30 different girls come and we had a beautiful lunch. It was a gorgeous day. It. Yeah, I love it too. Yeah, I I seen the event. It was pretty. And also, any advice would you give to women who are trying to become an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's very important that they are an individual. And it's very important that they don't try to get their idea from something else because there's too much of the same thing everywhere. So I think you have to have an identity, a clear identity and be true to yourself and be your own advocate because nobody else is going to advocate for you except yourself. So um, I think you have to be like unique and individual and have a clear focus point of view. That's what's going to make you successful. I love that. And that is actually what 
what is my brand about? It's about be yourself, be unique, never basic. And that's what I always keep, not basic blonde, you know. Oh, right, right, right. Perfect. Don't be basic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be basic. Yeah. And where can our listeners find you, your social handles, all your information? Yeah, it's the Instagram is Nicole Miller NYC. And, um, and we have TikTok also and, uh, and Facebook. We have all those things, but Nicole Miller NYC. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's such an honor to have you as my guest. Thank you. I'm like thrilled because I know your brand for many years and it's iconic brand, but actually having someone iconic behind the brand, it's even, I'm thrilled by your personality and just your advice. Just incredible. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's really great. I hope we get to meet in person someday. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. That was all for today, guys. I hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Not Basic Blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. To support the show, tag NBB podcast on your Instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on Instagram as well at notbasicblonde underscore or NBB podcast. And if you haven't, Subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.